You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. My name is Kathy Biasse, and I am a holistic nutritionist and a cancer coach. This week on the Health Hub, we are talking about supporting fascial health with our guest, Deanna Hansen. Fascial adhesions create immobility, lack of flow, inflammation, and toxic buildup. And all of these things block our path to healing. Deanna is a best-selling author and pioneer in the field of fascia decompression for physical and emotional transformation. With more than 20 years of hands-on clinical experience, Deanna created Block Therapy, a unique at-home fascia release protocol to relieve chronic pain and disease, encourage healthy detoxification, and reverse the aging process. We talk about how decompressing fascia can be the missing link to healing, what block therapy is, and why we need to be pain seekers while we are doing block therapy. Please stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes to speak with Deanna. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Today's show has been recorded. No opportunity for calling in. We would love for you to follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at The Health Hub RMC on all those locations. Deanna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kathy. It's such a pleasure to be here. You have had shows about fascia, and I think this is such a logical step to the the understanding of what it is. Now, I'm sure that everybody listening now may not have listened to that show. So I think a great place before we get into your story, which, you know, really delves into into the fascia and its manipulation and so forth. First, give us the 101 on what fascia is just to refresh us. So there's a lot of different understandings actually about the, the fascia system. I have a fairly unique view of it. The way that I see it, it's literally the skin of every cell. Just like we have a skin covering our entire body, every single cell is interconnected to each other through the fascia system. So the fascia provides both stability, mobility, and it's also the amazing communication system between all cells in the entire body. Okay, so that that's that is a different idea, understanding of what we've we've been taught before. It's a deeper understanding. So, cell communication. This is kind of new for me too. I didn't realize that it was involved in cell communication. We know the bilipid layer for the cell and how to nourish that. But 
does that take the place of the actual cell surface communication or are they communicating together? They're communicating together. And it's the way that I understand it, it's, it's literally the cell membrane of every cell interconnected to each other through this wonderful fascia system. I actually did a discussion with Gil Headley back in about 2007. I first saw the fuzz speech where he uses cadavers and he dissects them to really understand the layers of fascia. So about 10 months ago, I did a video with, with Gil. And what's fascinating is he has dived into this system over the last 15 years on a deeper level. And he started talking about a whole new level of fascia that he's started to understand. And he terms it the perifascia. And as soon as he started discussing that, I said, that's what we're addressing with the, with the technique that I'm working in. And literally, he saw it in a very similar way. Okay, so you give us little tidbits of this technique. We have an understanding now of a little bit of the fascia system. How did you get involved with this? What drove you to this area? Back 20 years ago, I was going through some major changes in my life, um, and I started having some really severe anxiety attacks. This one anxiety attack in particular was the seed of everything to come. In the moment, I actually didn't think I was going to live. I was so frozen in my state of panic. For some reason, I intuitively dove my hand into my abdomen. In that moment, I let out a gasp of pain connected to my breath and knew I was going to live another day because I actually found my breath. But what was fascinating was I started to recognize that my abdomen was marbled with what felt like scar tissue. Having been an athletic therapist already for years up to that point and always focusing on deep tissue work, I was very aware of what scar tissue felt like under my fingertips. But now I'm feeling it marbled in my abdomen and I hadn't had any injury or surgery. So suddenly I had this huge awakening that, okay, now I understand, well, I'm coming back from a five mile run, dripping wet with sweat. My belly would still feel cold. There was no blood or energy getting to this tissue. So for about, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes that first evening, I started exploring just intuitively in this tissue. And the first thing that it did was it made me very calm. It was very grounding. The next night I came home and I continued to explore in this tissue. And when I stood up, I felt different. I felt taller. And I went and I looked at myself in the mirror and my belly was flatter than it had looked in years. As an athletic therapist, I was always focused on trying to get my body to be fit. I would do all the exercise, the running, the tie bow, the weights, everything that I was trained as an athletic therapist to do, even dieting. And the harder I worked, the bigger I became. Very, very frustrating. It was like the rules of weight loss didn't apply to me. Now, within two days of simply intuitively working through this tissue, my belly was flatter. So this became my new focus. And then every night I would come home from work and I would continue to explore within two weeks. My low back pain was gone and I started having all these amazing shifts and changes in my body. I started approaching my patients from that same perspective. And that was 23 years ago. And this whole journey has evolved from that moment, learning how to unzip the seams of time by melting through these adhesions in the layers of fascia. Now, it took a while to truly understand what I was doing, but through this time, through the learning about the body, diving in deeper into my own self, I really understood that how we age is based on the Fibonacci sequence. So this sequencing of numbers is truly the architecture for everything formed in nature, the spiral galaxies, the Nautilus seashells, the way our bodies develop, as well as the way our bodies age. 
energy moves in waves and spirals. There's no straight lines in nature. So as I started recognizing what my hands were intuitively doing in the tissue, I realized I was following the same path because that's ultimately how our body winds down over time. So as I started unzipping the seams of time, I was recognizing that as these adhesions were melting, cells were starting to become rejuvenated. So that was the basis of my whole understanding and what I've truly built this whole work, which I term fascia decompression on. Over time, gravity compresses us. We become shorter and wider. We lose the internal space over time. There's a space-time continuum. So basically, as we go through time and we get older, we become shorter and wider. This work puts the space back into the tissue that time has taken away so that we can bring those cells back into alignment, back into integration, and bring them back to life. Holy, I have like a million things that I've ticked off, written down, trying to scribble. Like you have, in my mind, completely given an alternative explanation for hormonal weight gain. You have perhaps brought up that it's not scar tissue, it's the fascia that we should be looking at. Like, where do you, you started with your abdomen. Is that like the central starting point or do you hit, I have a pain there and that's where I'm going to start. In every single class that we do and when I'm teaching other body workers, we always start in the abdomen because there's three pillars to this work. The first pillar is the creating space that we've lost through time. The second pillar is inflating that space with proper diaphragmatic breathing. So as we collapse over time, what's happening is the diaphragm muscle is the foundation of the rib cage. If we're not conscious breathers, this muscle becomes weak. And then ultimately the weight of the rib cage and everything above causes a collapsing into the abdomen. So as we collapse into the belly, everything extends outward. So as we get older, we think it's harder to lose weight, especially in that area, but really what it is, is it's a weak diaphragm causing compression and ballooning and then resultant toxification because as we fall into that internal space and the organs are becoming displaced and not heated properly because we're essentially freezing that area, then we have this frozen tissue. So by learning how to activate the diaphragm properly, how to release the holding pattern that we're currently in, and this is just a side note, Fascia will grip and adhere to bone with the force of up to 2,000 pounds per square inch. So when somebody says, sit up straight, and you've been sitting slumped over in front of a computer for decades, you are literally magnetically sealed in that negative alignment. So what this work does is it releases those adhesions, locking us out of alignment so that we can gain access to this incredibly powerful muscle, the diaphragm. And when it's working properly, it moves up and down in the core of the body like a pump, creating an internal massage for the organs. The challenge is pain, fear, and stress cause us to reactively hold the breath. And this world is pretty much stressful 24-7. So most people have resorted to the secondary muscles which are the muscles of the upper chest. Now, the issue with that is when we're not breathing from the belly using the diaphragm, we're not pulling the air deeply enough into the lungs to reach where the majority of the oxygen receptor sites reside, which is at the base. So when we do, we can feed the body up to six times the amount of oxygen, not because we're pulling in six times the amount of air into the lungs, 
but because we're drawing it deeply enough into the lungs to reach all of those alveoli for optimal absorption. Also in 2014, they did a study proving that 84% of weight loss comes through proper exhalation because of the detoxifying effects when we are breathing correctly. So the second pillar of block therapy is teaching people proper diaphragmatic breathing. And there's a multitude of reasons why this, in my opinion, is one of the most important muscles that we should be working with through the body. Do you know how many lights must be going on in everybody's head right now? People (laughs) say, thank you. I was told it's my hormones. I can't take care of that. You're giving me a reason to to go to 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 try this block therapy for so many multitudes of health issues. It's it's fascinating. And as you're talking, I'm going over all the shows that I've had in these different areas, and you're bringing them all together into one space. I had one guest on who said the diaphragm is something that nobody really studies. It's not a cardiovascular thing. It's not a neuro thing. It's kind of not anywhere in medicine. And now you're bringing this to the forefront again. This healing, because of just the the little bits you've sprinkled right now, is a full body holistic healing, isn't it? Yes, absolutely it is. And we have an amazing community of people that have everything from Parkinson's to issues with their size and shape to issues with menopause, MS, chronic pain, you name it. And really, when it comes down to the fascia, because again, it interconnects every single cell, nerve fibers, blood vessel fibers, muscle, absolutely everything is innervated by this tissue. So when we understand how to provide the best benefit to supporting it, then we age in a completely different way than how we've been accustomed to aging. Is this the key to longevity? Yes. Very simply, yes. So working with the fascia is, I know you say fascia, I say fascia, everyone has a different way of saying it, but this this should be enlightening to people. And we don't have a lot of therapists that do this, do we? It's still really a not well-known or studied and executed area of healthcare, is it? It's It's relatively new. I went to mm-hmm. the world's first fascia conference in 2007, very excitedly, because I knew I had so much to share. And when I was there, what was interesting was the medical community was running this information seminar, and they were using cadavers to learn all about the fascia. And my analogy is, it's like taking a leaf damaged in a tornado and dissecting the leaf to try to understand what happens. Fascia in a living body is very different because Fascia basically is the response to life's forces. So, you know, when you're a kid and somebody says to you, you know, if you keep making that face, it's actually going to stay. There's, there's a, there's kind of truth to that. You can see in people's <laughs> expression, you know, some people look angry all the time. They might, might not actually be angry in that moment, but if the frown is the constant expression, that becomes eventually how your face is showing the world. Similarly, if you're always slumped, if you're always leaning over to one side, these fascia patterns build up over time. So this is something that we need to understand where, um, let's say uh, for me, for example, I was a provincial volleyball player when I was a teenager. So every single time I raised my right hand over my head to spike that ball and rotate to the left, that created a lot of long-term problems for me because I created asymmetry in my body from that continual overwork. So what we do all the time matters because that's what ultimately our posture, our entire health will become 
um, as, as we go through time. So to understand that and create some simple shifts in how we use our body, the third pillar being understanding proper postural foundations. The goal is that we want to support every single cell in its correct alignment. When we let gravity and unconscious posture and unconscious breathing basically lead the way that we age, we are allowing the cells to be pulled away from where they're naturally supposed to be resting. Eventually, they give you a little shot of pain because they're saying, hey, mom or dad, you're asking me to do a really important job for you, but you're not really paying attention to me. And I'm starting to get squished and I'm getting pulled away from the life force. So then if you don't pay attention or you mask the pain or posturally avoid it, eventually it's going to scream a little louder. Eventually, though, it gets pulled so far away that it's shut off. And that's when I feel that really um, serious problems can happen because now we have an area blocked from flow. So the environment becomes congested and acidic. So this work undoes those patterns and it teaches you how to pull those cells back to integrate so that they can perform for you for your whole life. This idea of neurological pathways has come up a lot recently and I can see how they are connected to the functioning of the fascia. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes. Everything is connected. Yeah, Everything. So redoing these pathways, re-educating your, it's not just the manipulation of it, is it? It's actually training and movement, rethinking the thought process of how you go through movement. And I guess, and then allowing your body to be able to do that. There are a lot of things that have to be put into place to get the optimum results of what you're doing. It's very simple. Um, and, and we make it simple because really I don't see that there's disease. I don't see that there's issues. I see that there's cells blocked from flow. And when we know how to release the blocks, feed those cells proper blood and oxygen and pull those cells back to their home, then again, we, we have a very different tra- trajectory of how we view aging disease and, and mm-hmm. even how we perceive life. Because, for example, trauma, if we had a trauma 30, 40, 50 years ago, whenever it was, even yesterday, pain, fear, and stress cause us to reactively hold the breath. If you see a deer, for example, that escapes an attack, they shake afterward. They shake out that negative energy, and then they resume their life. We as humans, we tend to hold it and freeze. So now, because the diaphragm muscle is the most important muscle to direct oxygen to all of the cells. So if we're compressed... We're built to survive, but we need to be conscious to thrive. So we're still going to be breathing, but again, it's going to be through those upper chest muscles. So now we're uh, decreasing the amount of oxygen absorption significantly, as well as our bodies become toxic. So now we are breathing from this frozen pattern and we go forward in life. So now that trauma is locked in. It's locked in through those layers. Energy becomes locked debris becomes locked. It's all connected. So when we start working through this, then we get to those layers where we locked that trauma in, we expel it and it's non-judgmental. So it's this beautiful, gentle process where as we continue to dive deeper through the layers, we pull the older stuff to the surface so that we can face it and exhale it out of the body. And the key is teaching people how to love pain. Pain is simply the cell saying, hey, mom or dad, please pay attention to me. So it's like the baby crying. We wouldn't ignore the baby crying, but we've been trained to ignore that pain signal. And we get caught in a pain-fear cycle. So when we don't understand pain, we hold our breath, which makes us even more afraid because now our body is 
struggling and suffering and we're in stress mode, which makes us feel more pain. And this is the cycle we get caught in. When we understand how to move into the pain on purpose, we take the fear out because pain is playing hide and seek in the body. And when we become the pain seeker and we address it and recognize that the pressure fibers are larger than the pain fibers, so very quickly, it feels like a good pain. And then you end up with all of these incredible positive side effects like improved range of motion, better sleep, your body's aligned better. So now you're you're happier with the way that you look, your size and your shape. Chronic pain of decades is becoming eliminated because you're feeding those cells. It changes everything. So now, I mean, our, our community, you know, we're pain seekers and we love it. Your pain, is the therapy painful? The, the therapy is, yeah. you're the one administering it. So you're the one that's in control. So we teach you your breath is your guide. As long as you're breathing in a relaxed way, you're feeding and healing your body. And because that diaphragmatic breathing connects you to the parasympathetic nervous system, it becomes this beautiful meditation. So it's incredibly relaxing. So people choose the level of pain that they're comfortable with. And that's different for everybody. But we put the power in your hands. And you can do this work lying on the floor you can do it on a bed, you can do it in a chair. So it's very restorative and persuasion versus force. That's the key. We never want to force the body. Me, when I was younger and I'm trying to lose weight and I'm trying to change things, I was forcing my body mm-hmm. and basically it just kept getting harder and bigger and more congested. When we learn how to allow the body to let go and we start to understand how powerful that breath is, then again, it becomes this beautiful self-discovery. And it was um, Greg Braden who wrote in one of his books that on the surface membrane of every single cell, the message God lives with it, lies within is actually encoded in our cells. So as we start diving through these adhesions and we connect to cells deeper than what we're consciously aware of, we get all of these creative inspirations because that's what we're here to do. We're here to create and provide a better opportunity for the world because we existed in it. So when we really tap into our body and we understand this, it it changes everything about how you even perceive life. You know, this is one of these shows that, uh, you know, everything is just sort of coming into place with so many things that are out there. And it just makes so much sense. We're going to take a quick break. And then I really want to delve into what block therapy is. Talk about your book because it's great. So everyone will be back in just a couple of minutes. You are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back. We are here with Deanna Hansen. I was telling her off... uh offset here, whatever you want to call it in our break, um, that so many things just seem to be falling into place with the knowledge that I have of all other things. And I just find this whole conversation completely engaging. Um, when we're talking about block therapy, your therapy that you can certainly discuss more in depth this half, is this a targeted therapy? I know we talked about you starting at the abdomen, but say someone has back pain. Um, are you are you targeting the back at this point? Or is that not really the essence of what we're doing here? That's a great question, Kathy, because what we teach people is there's cause sites to the pain. And so if typically people will go in for a treatment and, and get their back worked on, 
But when I look at bodies, I'm looking at the full body to understand the fascia and where the holding pattern most strongly is. And what I've learned over the years, the calves and the feet and the forearms and the hands, they're the furthest from the diaphragm. They're the furthest from the engine. And what ultimately happens when we don't have proper blood and oxygen flow is the tissue becomes colder. And the more frozen it becomes, the more adhesions there are, the more locked we are into uh, the bone and in our negative alignment. So when I'm looking at somebody with low back issues, I'm always looking at what's happening in the calves and the feet, first of all. So mm. if you go for that treatment to your low back and you get some improved oxygen and blood flow in the moment, as soon as you start walking, the fascia pattern that is existing in the limbs is going to pull you right back into that negative pattern. And we get pulled into a forward twist. We age in a forward rotational direction. So when I'm looking at the feet, you can see one foot's going to be the driver, essentially like a flat tire pulling the body out of alignment. The other leg is going to act like an anchor because the body's designed to stay upright. So imagine you're walking a really big dog and you're holding the leash and the dog is well-trained. So it's walking beside you and you don't have any tugging on the body. Now imagine you have a dog that's out of control. You're hanging onto the leash. And every time that it whips you, you're having to counterbalance your body from falling over. So it's the opposite side that's doing all the work to stop you from falling. So this is really what's important to look at because this is what's happening to those calves and feet that's impacting everything up the chain. So we look at the full body and we create programs specific to what's needed for different areas of the body. So we never just go and target what hurts. We want to address the cause sites most importantly. When someone has had, uh, you know, years maybe of injury, they've had, you know, an, an injury, say a broken leg or um, a surgery that has happened years ago, you know, I can understand where the imbalance comes from, but can we get back to 100% if there has been an injury? If there's been an injury, uh, yes, I completely agree that yes, we can. Once there's been surgeries, that I see that as being a little bit different because now the actual structure of the body has been mm -hmm. manipulated through a surgery. I had a breast reduction when I was 24 years old. Wouldn't do it today as what I know is different, but I was very happy that I did do it because what happened from that was after my breast reduction, I started running. And as the scars started to adhere to my rib cage, my breathing became more and more compromised. Initially, I would use an inhaler and I would take one puff of the inhaler and I would be able to get through my run. As I continued to do this and those scars continued to become manipulating and increasing my issue with breathing, now I'm becoming addicted to my inhaler. I would actually take it with me on my run. Mm. So as I started this journey, those scars became something for me to really understand. I was able to release them from my ribs and change my entire alignment of my rib cage. So we have so much more control over what happens with scars than we understand. And whether it's scarring from injury or surgery or adhesions, being created over time from the fascia working to keep us upright from tipping over. They both are the same thing. They're both basically collagen. They don't have life in them. They don't have blood flow in them. So they act as stabilizers, but they also act as barriers to blood and oxygen flow to cells on the other side. So as we go in through these layers and we work with the tool and the breath and the movement, 
We literally are shearing away that dense, hard tissue, promoting blood and oxygen flow into that space so that, again, it can become rejuvenated. Um, we talked or you talked about the, the fascia being on every cell. It's the communicating piece between cells. Are we, in essence, talking about increasing in a positive way our overall energy system? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because again, every single cell in the body, first and foremost, requires oxygen. The the ATP in the body, the mitochondria, it's all fed. Oxygen's the fuel. So when we're breathing diaphragmatically, feeding the body six times the oxygen, now we can reach all of the cells in the body. If we're breathing through the muscles of the upper chest, we might be feeding the body 10 or 20% of its oxygen needs. And again, the body's built to survive. So it will feed the tissue that allows us to live. However, when we're breathing properly, we're feeding all of the cells so we can thrive. And again, every single cell is equally important when it comes down to the messages that it has for us to understand why we're here, what we're supposed to be doing with our time. So if we're only in survival mode, we're, we're living a very limited existence, existence compared to that which we could have. In your book, you have a bold statement, and I want you to, you know, talk about this. Um, wherever disease has come, it's down to a lack of flow. Is this, in your opinion, contributory to every disease? Yes. Yes. Because again, cells that are properly fed and clean, they're happy. They're doing their job. They don't complain. It's when a cell becomes compromised from its needs that it now complains. The cells are basically just a little mini version of us in general. So imagine being stuck in an elevator and you're squished. Somebody has way too much perfume on. Someone else is yelling. Think of how your whole system feels. You're, you're agitated. You know, if, if you can't think right, like all of these things happen suddenly, like you're feeling the pains in your body and you just want to escape. That's what the cells feel like if they don't have that proper flow. And then more importantly, as they get pulled further and further away from that flow, now we don't have that ability to pull the toxins, the byproducts of functioning, the negative emotion and energy away to be released from that proper exhalation. So now that environment becomes acidic and then it becomes ripe for other things taking over that tissue. So when we again can understand how to release those adhesions in that scar tissue and promote flow, then cells resume with their health. And it's interesting because people think that inflammation is the problem. Inflammation, mm -hmm. in my view, is the gold because the inflammation is the response to stress, to injury, to pain. The body knows what it needs to heal, but we have to assist that inflammation. If we don't and we go through the typical ways of approaching inflammation like icing, we're essentially slowing down the body's ability to heal and then it becomes stagnant and chronic and acidic. And that's why people see inflammation as being negative because it can be if it's left in that state. However, that's not the first thing that causes the problem. The first thing that causes the problem is the adhesion or the scar tissue because that's what causes the body to inflame. It's saying, hey, you need more life. Or let's say we have an injury. Suddenly we have a breakage. The body's saying, hey, we need to fix you. So we're going to send all this additional blood flow filled with everything that that tissue needs to rebuild. The second law of thermodynamics is nature abhors a gradient. When there's a gap in the system, nature's going to fill it in. 
So if we do it properly, like let's say we have a, a, a tear in a, an ankle sprain, for example, something really common. So we have this sprain now. So we have a tear in the ligament. The body's going to send inflammation to fill it in. If we ice it, the body's still going to fill it in. But if we block flow for the first 48 to 72 hours, as we were trained, as I was trained back mm-hmm. in my athletic therapy days, then we're not allowing that blood flow to go and do the rebuilding. So then it gets filled in with that scar tissue. And that scar tissue, again, it doesn't have elastability. It doesn't essentially have any life in it. And it becomes a barricade. And then that will alter our entire alignment. Think of baking a cake. If you put in flour, eggs, sugar, oil, you mix it up, you have batter. If you put batter in the freezer, you have frozen batter. If you put batter in the oven, you bake a cake. We need to assist the inflammation by adding energy, adding heat in the proper way so that the body can actually rebuild all the damage. And it's, you know, as an athletic therapist, we were trained, okay, what what area has been damaged? So, of course, if you sprain an ankle and you tear a ligament, there's going to be damage to the ligament. But there's also going to be damage to all of the other cells in that area. Mm-hmm. The body knows what it needs to rebuild. We don't have to know all the specifics. The body knows what we need to do is support the inflammatory process properly so that we can pull away the debris from the injury and feed the body what it needs to rebuild itself. And if we do that, it's very, very effective. We are dealing with fractures and we're healing them so fast. It's it's fascinating. I've got a couple of YouTube videos where um, I, I showed the process of that. And we took it down from being that six-week process and then you end up compromised on the other side to it being a couple of weeks and they're playing their sport. It's It's fascinating. This, again, to me, um, comes down to symptom management versus overall healing. And this idea of not icing and letting the body do its work, this has, again, it's in the last six months, I have heard this so many times. Icing was for pain. Pain was a symptom. And people wanted to be out of pain. And I think we've had many years of pain management. And this is an offshoot of it, the icing and so forth. The immune response, as you said, is um, it's an innate, an innate response. We don't want it to continually go. So the link that I see with disease, part of the link is that you are supporting the immune system when you are working properly with the body systems. And then if you take it a step further, this is yet another tool that we can use for prevention. Yes. Does that make sense? Totally. Excellent. Let's get right down into, so you have a great book. It's really easy to digest. You could have called it, you know, Block Therapy 101 for Dummies. It's really easy to read and to understand. Um, Does it really work at home? You know, have people had a lot of success? I think people want to get more information about this from you. It absolutely does. And we have a private Facebook community, which I invite everyone to, we have almost 10,000 members and this is a beautiful place because you can ask questions of the community and they will answer you. And we have people with anything and everything that they've worked through. Again, fibromyalgia, injury, like you you name it, you can ask the questions and use eye health, hair health, you know, improving cognitive function, improving bone density. When we support the fascia, we support every single cell in the body. When we train proper diaphragmatic breathing, we become this amazing internal healer inside through that 
proper exhalation. We're moving all of the waste out of the body extremely efficiently. We're pulling in the most important nutrient for life, for health. So accessing this process is so simple and that's how we do it. We ship the blocks all over the world and you have the information delivered online. Is this a daily practice? Yes, it, it does become a daily practice. And for those that do it, they, they'll call themselves blockaholics. They're, they're <laughs> lifers because it's simple. You do it lying down. There's no skill required. Even if you only do five minutes a day, that first initial um, position that we teach you, how to connect to your proper diaphragmatic breath. It calms the abdomen deep in the belly. We have 70% of our lymphatic system. It activates that. It helps move the inflammation out of the body and it helps train you to breathe properly. And that's really the key. We want to understand how to be conscious breathers lifelong. We were born with this beautiful muscle and its primary function is to breathe. Again, though, pain, fear, and stress. Mm -hmm. That's why we've fallen away from this breath as well as now because of the computer posture, that slumped forward alignment. I'm concerned for the youth. They grew up in a very different alignment than we did. They grew up hunched over on their mm-hmm. phones, and this is impacting their ability to properly breathe. Most of us, we start breathing um, from the belly as a baby, and over time, we turn into unconscious breathers. I see kids today breathing incorrectly from a much younger age, even babies, because they're coming out of a stressed mother. And the baby basically comes out into the world with the mother's breath and then goes forward from there. So they're not developing the same way we are. And I'm seeing a real issue with the kids today with things like scoliosis, um, of course, all of the mental health issues, but their postures are are, are dramatically different than ours were when we were young. And I'm very, very passionate about getting this to the youth because this will change the game for them and allow them to age in a healthier way. How realistic is it to try and get kids, though, to to sit on blocks and things? I mean, we all know this is I, I'm, I'm so with you on so many of these fronts. It's just so hard to reach these kids because they're still feeling OK. They don't see what's coming down the pike. So um is this if you introduce this to younger people, even to moms, what about pregnant moms? Is this something that they can do? Absolutely. There's a, a few different positions that we don't recommend if you're pregnant, basically any of them directly in the abdomen, but everywhere else in the body. Yes, absolutely. You can. We do have kids doing this. I've actually created a kids Amazing. program. Um, in, in fact, one of my favorite, favorite testimonials is this young boy, Zenon started with me when he was six years old. He had scoliosis. He picked up a bow and arrow and started playing with this and twisted his body out of alignment. And now at the age of, I think he's eight now, he is this this little machine, you know, like he's, and, and he blocks every day and he's integrated these understandings in his body. So are we going to reach everybody? Absolutely not. But mm-hmm. kids Good follow you know, like they'll, they'll follow the parent they'll, and, and animals do too. I actually have uh, a pet program coming out very soon <laughs> because fashion people, fashion animals, and we can treat our pets in a very similar way as we treat our own bodies to allow them to be the healthiest versions of themselves. It's people like you that take the, you know, esoteric and make it so logical. And I just, it's just amazing. Like so many things are going off where I could apply block therapy to people that I were, it's, it's amazing. I'm, I feel very blessed to have spoken to you and, and you coming into our show. Um, 
where can people reach you? Can, are you are you um, doing private classes with people? Is everything online? How does it work? Well, I have a university program, so I have a number of teachers all over the world that are teaching this. So I don't personally teach individual classes anymore. I'm more about creating um, and and being connected to my community. So people can reach me through blocktherapy.com. I have, and, and what's lovely, I have a sampler program for $9 where we teach you using a rolled up towel. So you can get a feeling for this to see if this works for you, if it resonates for you. And then you can join in the starter program where it's um, you use the blocks. And again, we just ship them to you and all of the information is delivered online. That's wonderful. So go right to blocktherapy.com and you can find out everything else. Do you have any other social sites that people can uh, tap into? Yes, we are on. I, I'm not a techie person, <laughs> but we're, That's we're okay. on all of them. Yeah, I've, I've got a team and we've, we've, we're on Facebook and um yeah, all of them. Instagram. <laughs> well, don't don't you worry, Deanna. They will be on the show notes, and and people will be able to to follow you. I think it's wonderful what you're doing, and I really do appreciate you taking the time out to be on our show today. Ah, uh, thank you, Kathy. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you, everybody. We will talk to you next week on the Health Hub. Listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.